Alright, welcome everybody. This is wide in the middle with me from the friend and of course How's it going? Oh, just trying to stay cool. We got that big heat wave coming and I'm not excited about it. Yeah, you got the heat wave that hit me last week. That's it's made its way to the Midwest. And uh yeah, we we dealt with that last week and it sucked. It sucked. It was horrible. Um, but I'm glad that it's uh it's past me. So good luck to you, cause it was freaking hot, man. I think our well, highest day was like 115. It was you bad. Can, uh, you can take it back. Yeah, I I'm good. I I'm <laughs> so I'm so over the heat. I'm so over the heat. I cannot stand it. I I just can't stand it, man. I hate the heat. Oh God, it sucks. Yeah, I think I've preached on here about. I wish it could stay fifties, seventies, maybe into the eighties. But when it gets up to a hundred, just take it, take it fucking somewhere else. I yeah. don't want to <laughs> shoot me. <laughs> it's it's nine o'clock in the morning and it's already hot. Yeah, that's that's the thing is when. I would wake up at 3.30 in the morning and I'd walk outside and it's still hot. You're like, really? Like, like seriously, we can't even, we can't get down to 80. It's got to be 97 right now. So, yeah, I feel your pain, man. Um, it was, uh, it was rough. But a bunch of stuff to talk to and uh, talk about in talk to talk about in the racing world. Massive drama, uh, of course, last weekend at Pocono. And we've got a bunch of stuff to cover in our dirt track recap. And uh, yeah, bunch bunch of stuff to get into. Um, and before we dive into our other segments of the show, um, I in today's open, I got to cover something. I was telling Keith about this before we started recording. And I want to talk about what has essentially become the... I don't I I don't know what I don't even know what to the just the utter lack of self-awareness in the NASCAR Cup series now. Um I noticed this watching the race. Now when I'm when I was watching the race at Pocono in real time, you know, as things are happening, you're you're kind of picking up on it, but you don't, you're not thinking, right? The race is going, you're what's going to happen next, what, right? Well, who's going to do this and what's going to, you know, who's going to win and who's strong right now, you know, I'm looking at it in all these different ways, but when I go back and I, I watch the highlights and I watch the reports essentially for this show is when I really started picking up on it. And it's like, God, this seems to be a real recurring theme. And it reminded me of it actually reminded me of sim racers we see this all the time in sim racing we we do right so i don't know if this is just a racing thing whether it's real or sim or if it's just i i, I honestly don't know but the fact that almost every driver to a man right every single driver no matter what happens they get touched if they get loose and they don't get touched if they whatever it is it's man that guy he hit us he spun us out. and it's everybody right the spotter's like he's a 
he's a jackass. He he got you loose. He spun you around. That dude's a moron. Screw him. F him. You know, there's one more for later. We owe him, right? And it's what a dick. I can't believe they did that to me. And meanwhile, every driver who's whining, bitching, and complaining out there does the exact same thing. Does the exact same thing. Keep in mind, my son is 10, right? And my son knows like, hey man, if you're going to do that same shit, don't whine about it when it happens to you, right? So like my little boy knows this, but for some reason, NASCAR Cup Series drivers, I don't get it. We hear, we've heard all season long about this whole lack of respect. You know, respect also is, is kind of rooted in self-awareness, meaning if you're going to drive like an asshole, expect to be given back to you. And for some reason, we see all these guys who do this woe is me and it's like people out to get me and I can't believe this is happening. When they do the same shit, you can make a highlight reel of these guys all doing the exact same shit to everybody else. Now, when they do it, right, it's a that wasn't intentional. I, you know, I just hard race in. But when it's done back to him, it's that dude's a dick. He spun me out. No self no respect. What the F? You know what I mean? So I don't know what's going on. I I I I don't. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know if it's be if it's this new car and the racing is just so close and tight now. Um, I was talking about this last night, actually during my live stream, where we see this in you know, like I said, in sim racing and in real life now, now the cars are so tight where you've, if there is not, it's not even a hole. If there's a crack, you got to take it, right? Like you're, go, you're going for it. And it leads to a lot of just carnage and mayhem that we don't need. Restarts are like gloves are off. Rules need not apply. Like when we see a restart in, in NASCAR now, I mean, you can almost guarantee, especially if there's less than like 15, 20 laps to go, you can almost guarantee we're going to have at least one, if not two more cautions. Because it's just people are, they're just banging on each other. And I'm fine with that. I am fine with that. I am okay with that. But when you get done to you, what you do to others, shut the up. Stop bitching and whining about it that it it sounds like a bunch of little girls out there right now arguing over who somebody stole my toy like that's what it sounds like to me that's how it comes across now and i'm not talking specifically about the the diddy hamlin kyle larson thing or the priest lejoy thing or austin dylan and i'm not talking about the specific i'm talking about everybody everything because that's what it all, it, every single week, this is what we're talking about. Every week. And it's the same shit. It's the same he said, he, you know, he did type of argument. Where, did he hit him or did he not hit him? Is it dirty air or was it not? Did he get into him? Does he owe him? Would he do that? Has he done that? Right? And meanwhile, the driver who got the short end of the sticks, what, crying about it. This is bullshit. And the guy who did it, this is racing. And when those roles reverse, they reverse it on all fronts. Where now it's, woe is me, I can't believe he did that to me. And, oh, well, I was just racing him hard. 
And so for me, one of the biggest issues that I've got with NASCAR right now, and it's a sport that I have like recently fallen back in love with, except for this one thing, is it sounds like a bunch of little bitches out there crying about the whole world being against them. And I'm freaking sick of it. All right, Keith, rant over. Uh, <laughs> I just had to get that out. It, I, it's been driving me nuts. What are your thoughts on that? I, wh- how, how do you feel about it? I, I mean, if, if you're going to lean on somebody, expect that same person to lean back on you. That's, I mean, we, that's my thing. You, you, we've seen it in almost every single cup race so far this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're going to run somebody, I'm going to say dirty. Expect them to run you dirty. Expect them to be pissed off about it. Granted, there's contact or not. Dirty is dirty. Clean is clean. And it just seems like anymore, the last few years, there, there's there been more leaning than there has been giving. There has been. and But I, I think a lot of it has to do with this new car. It's so damn hard to pass. You got to get what you can get on restarts or you might be screwed for a while. Yeah, and look, I'm fine with that. I am. My whole problem is is that the drivers, I'm not saying all of them. We're talking about just the overwhelming majority. This is how it. This is how it comes across. Remember, I talked about this before in past episodes, where perception is reality. Right now, my perception of it is that anytime anybody spins or wrecks or whatever right the first thing they do is they start cussing the other driver whether or not the guy got into him or touched him or whatever it just it's a constant bitch fest and it's the driver the crew chief the 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 spotter the team it's like the whole the whole thing it's like the whole group it's just and it's like watch the replay first see what happened and go back and think about how you race other drivers. You were literally doing that to someone else three laps prior. Now you're crying about it. So I'm fine with those guys driving each other like that. But be prepared. Understand yeah. that if you're going to do it, then it's going to get done back to you. And if that's the if that's the way everyone's going to race each other, fine. But then shut up about it. Stop whining. I, I, my, that's my biggest issue is just stop I- whining. I, it's almost like they forget that there's consequences to their actions. Yes. And it's, do as I say, I, not as I do. Yeah. And we've seen <laughs> it at Pocono. I mean, yep. if you're going to, if you're going to run guys wide, expect guys to run you wide. Yep. Yep. Uh, and that's a perfect segue into hit or miss because that is obviously our leading topic this week. So Keith, We'll just kick it off. Kyle Larson has every right to be pissed at Denny Hamlin, and he definitely owes him one sometime in the future. Hit or miss the mark? I mean, I think it misses the mark. We've seen Kyle Larson do the same shit that Denny Hamlin has done, and we've seen, I mean, Denny Hamlin's done it to a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we've seen him do it to Ross Chastain. Granted, yeah, that was warranted, Mm -hmm. but we've also seen Kyle Larson do the same thing. We we seen him stuff his own teammate into a wall last season, racing for a win. And, and here's my thing: it's coming down to what was 10, 10 to go, maybe twenty to go. You're in yeah. the final stages of the race, and now it's 
gloves are off and, and you're going for the win. So. Yeah, it's go time. I Look, I'm with you. Now, here's the thing. If Kyle Larson says he owes him one, then whatever, he owes him one. All right? I, if that's the, the, you know, I actually think, which is kind of shocking, but I, I do think Kyle Larson does have some self-awareness when it comes to stuff because you're right. He absolutely drives people like this. And he he admits to it, right? Now, he says he hasn't raced any like this before. I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at every race that those guys have been around each other, and I'm not going to do that. So I don't know um, if he has or not. I know that Kyle Larson has 100% put people in that situation. If the roles were reversed and Kyle Larson had done it, then I can almost guarantee Larson be saying, hey, it's hard racing, you know, and I, I didn't mean to get into him. I didn't get into him. Now, I understand those guys are like buddies, and so it adds a, another layer to it off the track. Um, I know, you know, it was just a couple weeks ago, the whole Kansas incident with Denny and Larson. So, and we could sit and argue all day long about that too. I I get it. Um, if he wants to pay him back, well, pay him back. So, I whatever. And- but I just, you like you said, he's raised people like that too. So, I... I don't know. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I'm not a, I'm not a Larson hater. I'm a Larson supporter. Yeah, me too. Fucking, I absolutely love what he does, but you can go back and you can see previous races, even from this season where he's ran guys the same way. Oh I yeah. Mean, 100%. But he did Ryan Priest at Bristol. Yeah. 100%. Race, you know? Yeah. Larson 100% puts people in situations that they have to make a choice, right? Like it, he has 100%. So, you know, um, now I will say this, I will say this because and I like Denny Hamlin. I really do. But if it was reversed, Denny would be pissed and say, and you know what I mean? Like, this is one of my issues with it. Like Denny's on the, on the, on the winning end. So it, man, this is hard racing. I didn't get into him. There's not a scratch on my car. I don't know that. I don't know if they touched. I, it looks like they do. But then you can make the argument they don't. I don't know. But don't say there's not a scratch on my car because we've seen these things bounce off the walls and be okay. So you can't use that as an argument. Yeah. Like we know that these these are not the old cars, right? Where if a mosquito hit the nose, you were like, damn, dude, our arrow's off. Now these things can literally bounce off the walls and be okay. So I don't know if you can make that argument. I do know that if Danny was on the receiving end of this, he'd be pissed. And has oh. been pissed in previous in previous incidents. And so once again, that that's just leading back to my open. That's where it drives me nuts because it just seems like I don't know. It's just I don't get it. <laughs> I just I don't get it. So whatever. Whatever. They'll, I'm sure Larson will get him back some at some point and we'll 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 talk about the reaction that they have and who says what because that seems to be the weekly thing to do with these guys now. Anyways, moving on. Speaking of pissed off drivers, um, Ryan Priest had every right to be pissed after the Corey LaJoy incident for 22nd place at Pocono on Sunday. Hit or miss the mark? I, I think it hits the mark. The season that Ryan Priest is having to be wrecked out of what four of the last six races or so it's, it's something insane yeah the poor dude yeah. can't catch a break man <laughs> he no no he he wouldn't have luck if it hit him in the face right now no um i get it i completely get it you don't expect to be wrecked out for 22nd 
And I think I don't have a problem with the way he reacted. I really don't. I, I like when the the racers show show emotion at the end of a race, and this is the second week in a row that he's went after somebody. Yeah, I I'm with you. I get it. He uh he's had a he's had a rough month or whatever you know it, i mean i think it's been the last three weeks in a row that he's been wrecked out would stenhouse got him the week before Was it stenhouse that got him the week before i mean McDowell. and then or mcdowell and stenhouse i think stenhouse got him two weeks ago or something like that i mean it's it's just he yeah he's had a rough year an even rougher month um so i get it you know lajoy just happened to be the straw that broke camel's back i completely understand him losing it and yeah he was just had enough of it i'm with you i don't have a problem with the drivers showing their emotions like that um in fact i prefer that than the whining i i just i can't stand the whining so yeah by all means go for it you want to go flying into somebody's window net um yeah but go for it so all right, uh, moving on. Colleague Racing is making the right decision having AJ Allmendinger skip cup qualifying so he can focus on the Xfinity race at Road America. Hit or miss the mark? I think it, it definitely misses the mark. They're, they're, they're a cup team, and they're... A- basically forcing their cup driver that is fighting for a playoff spot to miss important practice qualifying. Um, I mean, let's face it. Richmond is a very hard racetrack to pass at. Yes. And I think this is a big mistake. I don't, I don't understand why they're doing this. Yeah. I don't get it either, man. I don't know why you would put the Xfinity race at road America ahead of the cup race. It's not like Almondinger's running for the points championship in the Xfinity series. You know what I mean? Like he's not, he's running for the championship in the cup series. He's not doing that in the Xfinity series. This is a one-off race. So I don't know if they are so confident that he is going to win road America, that he's got to, you know, be there. He's got to focus. I, I don't know, but to me, it just don't make sense. You know, like you said, Richmond is a very tough track to pass at. All these short tracks are. I mean, they're going to... The shift, the amount of shifting alone that they do is essentially that, you know, it's become a road course without the right-hand turns. And so it's so difficult to get around people. I don't know why you would want to handicap yourself like that and make it to where it's like, all right, we're just going to, you know, start last so we can focus on road America. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I would think they could do it the other way around. AJ Allmendinger is so good on road courses. You would think they would say, all right, we're going to skip the practice and the, the qualifying for road America, just show up on Saturday and race. Um, that would seem like a more viable plan. And that, and that's where my thought was like, you're out, you're going to a road course. You could short pit the first stage and and come out with a lead, and he'd be all right. And I think he's 
a damn good road racer to where he could start in the back at a road course and be in the front quickly. Yes, absolutely. If there's one driver out there that I do think could do that, it would be AJ Allmendinger. I mean, the guy is incredible. So on the road courses. So yeah, I, I don't get it. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but well, you know, I don't know, whatever. We'll see how it turns out. Maybe, maybe colleague knows something we don't, I don't know. Who knows, which they probably do since they own a team and we don't anyways. Uh, more in, more information has come out about the recent Justin Haley to Rick Rare Racing, and turns out RFK had a big hand in that. So Keith, hats off to RFK and Brad Keselowski for orchestrating, from what it sounds like, the Justin Haley move to Rick Ware Racing in 2024. Hit or miss the mark? I think it hits the mark. I mean, if you look at Justin Haley, he hasn't had the greatest of seasons. He's shown a ton of potential. The talent like you said off air hat is there he's he's got a a ton of talent and i think it is smart on rick ware rfk to make a move on a young talented racer cuz who who knows what his options were going into next season or or future seasons he, he's got to watch his own career yeah and and I think not only is it a good move for RFK, Rick Ware, I think this helps Ford. This gets another young driver in the Ford camp in the Cup Series. And do I think he'll come out and win a bunch of races with Rick Ware next season? I don't know. He could, maybe. I just don't know. I think it makes that program better. Yeah, I'm with you. Um and and we've seen we've seen Brad Keselowski take shots and gambles with young racers when he had his truck team, so it does not surprise me at all. No, uh, uh-uh. and if you look at where RFK Racing is this season, um, you know the massive turnaround from where they were last season. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do, obviously, with Brad Keselowski, um, and you look at you know. We were talking about this before. Justin Haley, you know, he might not have the best results, but he's got talent. He's definitely shown to have, he's got talent. So, you know, those guys see something in him. They want to, you know, start, you know, molding it, using it, whatever. I don't know, but they're, they've got their reasons. And um, to me, I think it is something that we talked about last week is going to help brickware racing um going forward when you can put a driver like that in your car so yeah hats off to him i do think um it could benefit both rfk and rickware racing moving forward and yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with that team uh next year in 2024 so that's going to do it for our hit or miss portion of the show and when we get back we've got our dirt track recap plus our NASCAR driver pick them um, results and then selections for this next week. So stick around. All right, Keith. So it is time for our NASCAR pick them. Um, you had Danny Hamlin. Uh, it doesn't even matter who I had. You won and you got the bonus points. Son of a bitch. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I need them. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting my ass kicked right now. I'm losing by 30 points. Um, yeah, it's really bad. I think I could win. I, I would have to literally win every. I'd have to pick the driver and have them win the next, what is it, five weeks. I'm going to even have a shot. So, anyways, we've got Richmond on the schedule. So, who are you going to be picking for Richmond? I think I'm going to get back in my bag of tricks here and I'm going with Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. Okay, you have not had Kyle Larson. So that is a good pick. All right. I Hmm. The hell am I going to pick? I am you know what? We were just talking about him. I'm actually going to take Brad Keselowski. Hey, he's been very surprising this season. He's been he's been pretty pretty damn consistent, man. He and really he's been, been fast. Yeah. So hopefully hopefully he can get it done this week for me because I need a bloody miracle at this point. So all right, so that's our NASCAR pick 'em. Moving on, dirt track recap. We had a bunch of stuff this last week. Um and leading the way, I was I I know it gave me a, a warm spot in my heart to see um Rico get the win at Williams Grove in the Summer Nationals. Um that was incredible. Now it did hurt a little bit the night before with Shuhart's miraculous win in the Morgan Cup. I was a little upset by that one. But for Rico to win the the final night, Saturday night, that was uh that definitely made me smile. Did you see Keith, did you see the the, the outlaw race last weekend at Williams Grove? I did not. It was incredible. Uh, <laughs> I, but, anytime Rico can win, I'm happy. But yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, it was I, awesome. I love. I love when Rico wins. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about Rico, but I I just enjoy seeing him win and yeah, and to see him beat the posse. I mean, mm-hmm. yep. Any anytime that happens, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. So. So yeah, Rico, he's had a really good week. He got the win uh, Saturday night in the Summer Nationals at Williams Grove. He also got the win, what was it, last night? Last night they ran yeah. it at Grandview yeah. in the high limit? Yeah, he got the win last night over Kyle Larson. Um, quick uh, attaboy to Casey Kane. Casey Kane started 19th in that feature and finished 6th. Dude moved up 13 spots. Um Really, really impressive. I I was a little bummed because we did not get to see, after the, the rescheduling, we did not get to see Corey Day uh, run at Grandview. Um, he was actually running, I don't, was it last night? or the, I think it was last night. Yeah, last night. So he was running the uh, All-Stars at Benton. Uh, Corey Day actually got second there. Um, Derek Hagar got the win at Benton. Um, this race, if you didn't watch this race, um, I mean, I enjoyed it just because it was cool to see Corey Day work his way up 
through the top five because he started, I think, sixth or seventh um, and worked his way up front. But the track was, it was just right on the bottom. It was just follow the leader around the bottom. Hagar's brakes were literally on I mean, there were sparks coming out of him. I I actually think he might have been using the brakes the whole way around the track. Like, that's how slick it had gotten on the bottom. So, wasn't the greatest um, race in terms of entertainment. But, you know, hats off to him for the All-Star win. Big news, though, with more driver movement. Keith, did you see Lance DeWeese no longer in the 69K car? Yeah, what the hell's up with that? I figured. That I don't would be know. A, I figured that'd be you're in this car till you don't want to be in this car. I, I just yeah, I was shocked by that man, and I was talking to my buddy Jeremy, who you know he's kind of like tapped into the whole PA posse driver, you know, situation. And I, I just he was kind of like I don't know, you know. I mean, it's just it was weird. I know that they haven't ran as good this year as they have in years past, but I. I don't know. Now he's actually going to be running. They're pull, they were pulling out two cars. Macri was going to be pulling out two cars for um, Sanders and the De- Deweese was going to run one. So at two different locations too. One was going to be running the high limit race, I think, and one was going to be running yeah. the All Stars. Yeah. So you know, did they I don't run the second car last night. I don't. Yes, I don't they did. So Justin Sanders ran um, one of the cars. I want to say Justin San- I might have this reversed. I want to say Justin Sanders ran the All-Star race and DeWeese ran the high limit. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. So, but yeah, um it uh, I was I was really shocked to see DeWeese that was going to be leave, you know, it was was leaving and I obviously just, they're not going to say why, but that move to me just does not make any sense at all. I yeah, I know they haven't had the year that they've had in past, but I I just I you know Lance DeWeese is a he's very, very good. He's still fast. I don't I don't know. I was shocked by that. I was really shocked by that. Does not um yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out more in the future, but I was uh really blown away by that move. Um now to uh a little bit more Fun and interesting stuff. Sprint week is still underway. Uh, obviously, we talked about it last week going into it, and uh, both of us were high on Justin Grant. Justin Grant has literally put on a clinic so far, winning three out of the five races. Uh, got got the first one at Gas City, got the third one at Lawrenceburg, got last night at Terre Haute. Uh, he has been on fire so far in sprint week. Uh now they've got tonight they're at is it Bloomington? No, they're at Lincoln tonight. So they got Lincoln tonight, then Bloomington, then Tri State. Uh Keith, you think Justin Grant's gonna pull it off and end up winning the the sprint week championship? It sure looks like it. Uh I definitely think so. Right? Um dude, he's been fast at every racetrack they've been to so far. Yes, he um, has been. That's why I picked him. I, I feel like this is just going to build momentum for the national championship. Me personally, I, I think I think he definitely wins Sprint Week. The overall points 
And I think this definitely pushes the momentum meter to that national championship. And and keep in mind, he uh he made a change. He brought Jeff Walker back, his old crew chief, that actually who he raced for a lot in the Jammin and Storage Eleven car. Um, that that's a big deal in sprint mm-hmm. car racing. When you get back to somebody that you're comfortable with, that you have a relationship with, that that's huge. Yeah, and you know that as well as I know it. It's it's big, and it could pay dividends. And I I think he's gonna, I think he gets it done. I think he wins tonight. I think he does too. Um, he dude, they've I mean they've been fast. Yeah, they've been fast everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, they've been fast everywhere. Um, they are definitely, in my opinion, the the class of the field right now. Um, you know, you bring up the points, I. You know, he's only 20 points, uh, 21 points behind point leader Emerson Axum. Um, you know, he's only like seven points behind Brady Bacon in second. I mean, it's a really tight point battle for, you know, that top three with those guys. Um, I I mean, if he continues doing what he's been doing, yeah, I, I think I actually think he's the favorite to win the championship, even though he's third in points right now because he's been on fire. And I told you, I said last week, you know, in terms of non-wing drivers, whether it's midgets or or sprint cars, I, I think Justin Grant is the best out there right now. And this last week, he is a, has made me look like a prophet because he's been absolutely kicking ass um in sprint week so i uh i fully expect him to continue doing that moving forward it's just so hard to bet against justin grant i mean you can try but i probably ain't gonna work out for you like you said i mean he is fast in literally everything he gets into Mm -hmm. whether it's a wing car a midget silver crown cars I mean, we we see it time and time again, and he was a freaking rocket last night. Like yep. that Terre Haute race was probably one of the m- more exciting Terre Haute races I've watched in a long time, and and he uh, he gapped the field like in a hurry. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, he uh, yeah, he just they've been on it, man. And um, when he gets out front, it's Oof. It's a. Uh, it's, it is something to behold. It really is. So. All right. So moving on to the uh, late model side of things. Um, Brandon Shepard got the. Got the win at the Silver Dollar Nationals at Houston's in the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Um. The World of Outlaw late models this weekend have got the, uh, <laughs> as my buddy Justin called it, the Prairie Dog Classic. It's actually the Prairie Dirt Classic. Um, <laughs> um, Prairie Dirt Classic at Fairbury, Illinois. Uh, obviously a big, big race in terms of uh, prestige and money. Um Big news though, Jonathan Davenport's actually not running it. Apparently he's gonna be on vacation with the family, just not running it. So that'll definitely open up the and, open up the opportunities for everybody else. And and that's very interesting that a driver would just take a vacation 
when I think one of the bigger late model races outside of a, a couple. And and it's not a surprise at the same time seeing the grind that these guys go through. I mean, we just seen Jacob Allen in the sprint car division step away for a weekend. Yeah. To regroup. I mean, people don't realize what, whether it's sprint cars, any type of dirt car that you travel the country, mm-hmm. how much emotionally it drains you down, it beats you up, it, it'll humble you really quick. And this yeah. is why it's a grind. And it almost makes you wonder or think if they need to have a couple breaks here and there. I think they do. Um, I, we talked about this earlier in the year where I, I was saying I thought it would be a good idea for them to push the start of the season back further. Because, you know, it's like the season ends. They got, you know, some indoor racing, right? You got Gateway Nationals, and, you know, and then all of a sudden they've only got a couple weeks and then they're back at Fairbury in like February. They've got essentially like a month, maybe two months off. That's it. And then they're back at it. And I I just think it's a lot, man. Nah, I get it. They're they're off in between races. I I get it. I understand it. But they're also traveling from racetrack to racetrack when they're not racing. Yes. And, And it's comical when these NASCAR guys say, we need more weekends off. We need more weekends off. These NASCAR guys get more home time than any of these traveling dirt dirt racers. Yes, because a lot of these dirt racers they they, they don't they're not flying home. You know what no. I mean? A lot of and, them are not. The, you know, maybe the top guys are going home after. You know what I mean? Everybody else is literally on the road, and it's that's a grind. That is an absolute grind. And, not only that, they're running multiple series too. Which yeah, is, and it's their choice, but still, it's it's just a lot, man. And it's not like they're doing it 36 weeks. No. Uh-uh. The, the Outlaw Series is, what, 60, 70 races almost? It, yeah, it's insane. It's insane, you know. And, and you look at the late model guys where they've got, you know, you've got a lot of these guys who are running especially on the Lucas Oil side where they're running the Lucas Oil 8 model series. And then they also run half of the World of Outlaws series too. You know what I mean? Um, or, you know, a quarter of them, all the big the big money events. I, it's just, you know, and then on the, also on the late model side, you've also, you've also got other series that these guys run um, here and there. When you start looking at the, you know, what is it? XR series, the, you know, you've even got the the Hunt, the Front, that, it's like a Southern regional series that they started. What was that this year? I mean, you know, there's a bunch of them and you don't see it as much on the sprint car side. Now it's still a grind. Don't get me wrong. The sprint car guys is still a grind, especially when you start looking at the fact that you've got the high limit stuff running on the Thursday nights. Now, um, there are a lot of guys who do run, you know, a bulk of the, you know, if you look at someone like Rico, who's running kind of a combination of, of Lucas or, or not Lucas, Oil, uh, all stars and, um, outlaws, and I think it's one of the few things that I think USAC gets right over the other racing series where you see these guys, you know, where the midgets they'll have, they'll do midget week and then they've got like a month off, which I don't think, look, as a race fan, I love it when they're racing all the time, but 
I don't think it's a bad thing to give these guys some time off because like you said, it is such a grind. And when you look at it in terms of just simple math where these guys, you start looking at it where it's like, okay, we've got to be on the road going from race to race to race. It costs us X amount of money just to drop the door on the hauler. If we're going to do that, we let's, let's run. And so you end up with these schedules where these guys are running a hundred races and sometimes, you know, like someone like Jonathan Davenport, who luckily had obviously a phenomenal year um, last year, all the money that he made and, you know, has been very, very successful. But where he's just like, yeah, I'm not running prairie dirt. I'm <laughs> taking the weekend off. Um, that's that's a big deal because this is a big money event. And he is obviously someone who could who would be one of just showing up is going to be one of the favorites win it so yeah i'm with you man that's um definitely interesting but i remember i remember being on the road and look i never ran an outlaw schedule right um you know we never did that but i remember being on the road and going to races and you know driving all night long to get to the track and then you you're done and you load up and you're literally on the road all night long trying to get to the next stop you know driving all friday night and and through saturday morning so you can get to the next stop just so you can get a couple hours of sleep and then get the car out of the hauler and you know maintenance for the next race you know what i mean like and when you're doing that nine months out of the year it it really takes a toll on you it really does i think the crew guys need a break as much, if not more than the drivers do. I really do because it, for those guys, they are on the road. They are oh. in the hauler, you know, and, it's and that's tough. one thing. That's one thing people don't see if they're not traveling, they're, they're doing washdowns, maintenance on mm -hmm. the cars. And then you throw a crash in the middle of it. And now you got to get a backup car out and, and yeah. get it taken care of. And then damn, we got to travel to the next racetrack tomorrow or in a couple of days. It just, the dirt racing as a career is such a grind. It is. It's tough. It's tough. And look, I was talking about this with my, my friends a couple nights ago. If I wasn't married with kids, that's probably where I would be right now. Just because I don't really know how to do much else than what I'm already doing. Um, I would probably be doing something like along those lines. And I can tell you right now, it's a hard life. You don't make a lot of money. You know, even the top crew chiefs, you look at like the top guys who are like, you know, on the top outlaw teams. Um, you know, you're on the road all the time. You're living out of hotels or out of the hauler, right? The, the sleeping quarters in the hauler. And you're constantly just, your life is a, just a constant blur of, of going through notes, looking at what worked at the track you're heading to next and maintenance in the car. And, you know, um, cause it's not like NASCAR where the, the crew chief is, Hey, do this, this, and this, the crew chief most of the times is the one doing it is the one actually doing those adjustments. You know, they might have a tire guy, but you know, everything else they're physically doing right. Or helping to do. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a grind, man. So yeah, these guys want to take some time off. I don't blame them, especially the ones who are not running points or not 
got it, you know, the ones that don't have a shot at winning the championship. I, uh, I definitely, definitely feel them on that because I remember doing it in my early twenties and it was tough. It was, it was hard. I can't imagine doing it as a grown man with a family. So. All right. So that is going to do it all for our dirt track recap and to wrap things up with this week uh we are going to be doing our goat of the week which is i've talked about it before our play on the whole you know sports media where anytime that anybody does anything we're asking are they the greatest of all time is this a is this a dynasty in them you know that type of ridiculousness so keith who is your pick for goat of the week man this is this is tough but I'm going to go outside of the box and I'm going to go with somebody that didn't even win this weekend. I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. Um, Kevin Harvick made a, a pretty decent, decently sized donation to the Joey Logano foundation years ago at Pocono. Kevin and Joey got into each other, a fight ensued and Joey made a comment. He doesn't even wear the fire suit in the family. Well, Kevin spun off that and made shirts up from that <laughs> and and with all I the money about that, that. <laughs> yeah it was funny at the time yeah. it was hilarious uh, so and and what kevin did they kind of celebrated the whole he don't wear the fire suit in the family he he took all the t-shirt sales the money from it and donated it to the joey logano foundation they made a big deal about it at pocono and had Joey's kids were wearing the shirts. Kevin's kids obviously were wearing the shirts. And then his youngest daughter, Piper, had fire suit on that said, "Fire, I wear the fire suit in the family. And it was pretty neat. And it was cool. And it's stuff like that you really don't see within the racing community yeah. from top to bottom. You don't see guys taking the, the T-shirt money and, and donating it to another driver's charity. I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I I forgot about that, dude. Yeah, that's hilarious. Because, yeah, that was always a saint. You know, that was a big deal, you know, because we always, you know, Delano, you know, she would wear a fire suit to the racetrack. I mean, that's what she wore. I remember my cousin, um, Shelby, uh, who big racing fan and she that that used to drive her nuts she's like why is she wearing a fire suit she's his wife she doesn't drive what the hell like it used to drive her nuts so uh yeah i forgot about that that's a good one dude i (laughs) that makes me laugh man i forgot all about that i completely forgot about that um that's hilarious dude oh my god all right well my my go to the week is nowhere near as cool i've i've on the dirt side, I got Justin Grant just because I I don't even care how he finishes off sprint week. You go three for five um the first half and you're the man. So uh I I have every uh I have the full confidence that he's gonna finish off strong. But yeah, so far the first half of it, it's been a clinic um by Justin Grant. So yeah, that's my pick for GOAT of the week. In in Speaking of Sprint Week, I, I want to give a big, big shout out to a, a Pennsylvania guy. This is going to hurt me to say it, but big prayers out to Alex Bright. Man, he took a hell of a wreck at, at Lawrenceburg. Um, if anybody's seen the video, it, it's pretty gruesome. Um, it was gnarly. 
it yeah it it was it very was gnarly. gnarly and prayers out to him i know he broke his wrist he had some lung issues he was unconscious for a while yeah um, you never want to see it at all no Mm-mm. and yeah 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 you're right man it was uh that was a that was a bad wreck um it's always tough to see those things. So yeah, hoping he has a uh, quick and full recovery. I meant to, meant to bring that up when we were doing the dirt track stuff and I completely forgot till now. Yeah. I, uh, I gotta be honest with you. I forgot to, I forgot all about that. Um, until you mentioned it right now. And, uh, for those of you watching the video, you know why I'm over here freaking yawning right now. My God, I look like <laughs> I look like a <laughs> I look like some kind of crackhead that ain't slept in like five days. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's uh, that was a, that was a, that was a bad wreck. I mean, we talked about it before. I mean, Lawrenceburg is a it's a that's a man up track, and uh, yeah, that was a that was a tough one. So, yeah, hopefully he has a full recovery and hopefully it's uh it's quick but anyways that is going to do it for this week's show um you guys thank you very much as always for joining us uh we will be back next week um hopefully less whining from drivers we'll have to wait and see i have a feeling we'll be talking more about the same thing since it's richmond i'm sure there's going to be a bunch of pissed off drivers uh in the nascar ranks so Anyways, we'll see what happens. But Keith, my man, have a good weekend. Yeah, uh, well, I'll table that. I don't know if it's going to be a good weekend. It's going to be freaking 100 and something degrees out. I'm not yeah. looking to it. Yep. Like I said, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, and I can already feel the heat building in my yep. I got I got to work all weekend. Um, but then again, what the else is new? I've been doing, yeah, what else is new? So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the rest of you out there have a better weekend than me and Keith. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back. We'll be back next week to do this all over again. So thank you very much as always. And until next time, take care. Bye.